Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down, get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies, the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com, where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind, along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative, manifesting state. Most yoga studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month, and you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com, where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials, but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts, and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. Shay is back from her magical travels all over the world doing incredible things, and we're just catching up today. I'm actually heading off to holiday tomorrow, so we're kind of in this like little flyby position where Shay's just got back, I'm just leaving, and we thought we'd just do a catch-up episode just to talk about what's been happening over the summer, really, when we haven't been connecting as often, and just to update you guys with a few things that are going on in our lives. So, welcome to the show. (laughs) And I actually don't even know where you're going on holiday. Where are you going? 
I'm going to Greece. So I'm going to, there's a Greek island called Skiathos, which I've never been to, obviously. And so, yeah, I'm just going for a week just to, I guess, chill out, be in the sun, do some yoga, do some eating, do some sleeping, read some books, the most important thing, all the books I'm going to read on holiday and just have a relaxing time. Oh, that's good. What's on your book list? I had The Power of Now, but I actually just finished reading that before going away. So I finished reading The Power of Now. I've got, I think it's, I don't know how to say the surname. Is it Geber Mate or Geber Mate? When the body says no, which I think is very much along the lines of the body keeps the score, which we've talked about many times on the show. I've got one, which I think is called Glow 15. I'm not sure of the author, but she, it's a book all about autophagy, which is a natural sort of healing and recycling and clearing process that we have in ourselves and how we can enhance that through diet and lifestyle, which has been something that I've been focusing on a lot as part of my healing adventure. So I just want to learn a bit more about that, understand a bit more about that. And then the other book I think is more of like a fiction book, but it's called Being Human. And I think it's actually, I put it in my Amazon basket like months ago thinking, oh, that would be a good one to read, but now I can't actually remember what it's about. But I think it's about this you know, when you're on the spiritual path, like how do you kind of still accept that you're also a human being and blend the two together? So yeah, I think that's some interesting holiday reads. Yeah. Is that Jane Pasteloff being human? Yes. 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 Have you read it? No, I've seen it. I've seen it. But I love that idea of this balance between the human and the divine. I think it's so important for us to remember that we are human having just human experiences. And that's something that's came up for me on holiday as well. Two books that I read on holiday was the Joe Dispenza's You Are the Placebo. And we've talked about Joe a number of times on the show and he's got amazing books and resources but that was something that I dived into on this trip and then also The Red Tent I don't know if you've read it it's a by I don't know the author but I'll put it in the show notes but it was a beautiful book just it's a fictional book but about women and how they used to collect around the time of menstruation and go into this red tent and share cake in the shape of a triangle which is the symbol of the womb and it's just like a beautiful book about woman empowerment or not it was written in a very old time so the style of writing and it's written from a woman's perspective for that time is very empowering in the way that it's written so it's like a really beautiful book and I just ordered the your sixth sense which should be delivered in the next couple of days so I'm excited to read that about intuition and tapping into that so if any of those books resonate with you I'm sure we'll put a list of books into the show notes so you can get those and so what I tend to do is I just tend to, whenever I hear a new book, I just tend to go to Amazon and put it in my basket. And then when I actually buy something, then I just move everything to my save to later and then move everything back to my basket <laughs> that way. Because sometimes you look, oh, I need a new book to read. And then you can't remember all the books that you wanted to read. So this is kind of like my little system of like keeping them, you know, in the forefront of my mind. So when it's coming to like a time like this, or like a holiday, when I know I'm going to read a lot of books, I just go through like my safe later or my Amazon baskets and then I just pick a thing and then I buy them. Yeah. I still like that, that element of choosing of like, Oh, it's time to buy a book. Cause that's part of the fun of it for me. It's like, Oh, what am I, which book am I going to choose? Which is resonating for me right now in this moment? Because sometimes you share a book and then it's only weeks later that you're like, Oh yes, actually now it feels like, 
right back to read that book. So yeah, I, love I that. went to Waterstones recently. Well, not it was a few, maybe a couple of months ago, six weeks ago. And the problem with that is that there are all the books. You just <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah. And I ended up actually buying two books, and then I started to read them. And it was also at a time when things were getting quite busy for me as well. I didn't have that much reading time, and I just couldn't get into them. But then these other books like The Power of Now, um, Ben actually bought and I just picked it up and started reading it and immediately connected with it. And then I was just like, oh, obviously I'm just not supposed to read those other books at, at this point in time and have to circle back around eventually. Mm, that's what happened to me with A New Earth, which is the same author as Power of Now. I picked it up and I was like, tried to read the first couple of chapters and I was like, oh, I can't get into this. And now and then I read it a couple of months later and I was like oh my gosh it literally blew my heart wide open <gasps> yeah definitely like it's, it must be at the right time and the right place and even some of the books like now on audiobook I'm listening to The Untethered Soul and it has such a deeper meaning for me now at this point in time compared to a couple of months ago because I've just had new experiences and I've deepened my awareness of life and presence and being and it's just a whole new layer of understanding for that book so that's another interesting one I love that you said the book blew your heart wide open because that's been my experience of reading The Power of Now and I just there's so much of that that I've been reading and I've just been it is this like that's all that's that's the only way I can explain it you're just hot just feels like it's expanding when you're reading it because you're like yes this is so true and I also think like The Untethered Soul which I've read as well I think it's one of those books that you could I know I could put it down and pick it up in three months time six months time a year from now and receive so much more from it just through the experiences that I've had, you know, in, in that time. So yeah, there's some, some of these books are just like really, really great timeless reads. So I want to circle back on what you said at the beginning about this being human and marrying our sense of divinity with this personal human experience, because we are both at the same time, which is the hard duality to accept for us. Because when we feel that state of being connected to the universe, to the divine, to God, source, whatever it is that you want to term it, we come into that state of being in our own divinity. And then we kind of contend, well, and this is my experience, like we, we tend to want to cling to that. Like we tend to cling and I want to just be this like amazing, expanded, enlightened being. But then at the same time, we are also very extremely human. So it's about how to balance that and how to manage those and accept that we are both. And I think when we can accept and truly expose and reveal and share our complete humanness that's when we come back into that circle and find ourselves back at the divinity and so something that's that's come up for me in terms of being human and having a human experience is drinking because that is such a human like there's so much attachment that's so associated with it. There's so much ego that's connected to it. There's so much social relationships that's connected to drinking. And it's just been a very interesting kind of awareness that I've developed around it. And especially with being on holiday now for so long and holiday is obviously a time when people are more in, indulgent in their drinking and it's more free flowing and it's less, there's less boundaries I feel around drinking when you're on holiday especially when you're in social situations and circles where drinking is a commonplace or it's the norm or it's um, just more social. So it's been a really interesting journey that I've had over this. And I'm in a really interesting place with it because on the one hand, I'm like, 
I really don't feel the need at all and the desire at all to drink anymore. Like I just really, it's, it's just something that's not connecting to me whatsoever. And on the other hand, I also do want to drink. So it's like this two, these two things that I'm like trying to balance this human part of me. That's like, yeah, I do want to drink and I enjoy being this crazy person that has a few glasses of wine and, but also at the same time, like, I really don't need this and I really don't want this. So it's like I'm seesawing between these two places, which is an interesting place to be if I zoom out and look at it from above. <laughs> and so, because this is something that you shared on your Instagram and then there was like then half of Instagram was like, oh my God, me too. Please, can you do a podcast on this? So since then, because I think that was probably maybe about a week ago, what, what for the insights or kind of realizations have you had, if any? when I shared that on Instagram and so many people were like, Oh, me too. Me too. I feel the same way. And it's for me, a lot of what came up was not necessarily about how to interact with or the, the dilemma. Should I say it doesn't come with, Oh, I don't know how to be in a social environment without drinking. For me, that's not my issue. Like I have proved time and again, like I'm really comfortable and happy to be around people who are drinking. I don't feel the need to be drinking in that environment. I can interact and socialize with people in that way without feeling the need to be drunk. But it's the small part of me, this little seedy part of me that's like, oh, but I also really do want to drink. Like, that's the dilemma. It's not, it's not about can I manage myself and be in an environment without drinking. It's about, oh, I really actually do enjoy it. Like, there's a small part of me that does. So I've been thinking about this idea. And for me, then it's come down to, okay, well, if this is how you're feeling, what is the thing that can help kind of alleviate these dilemmas is creating boundaries. So it's about having really strong boundaries and saying, okay, well, I'm on holiday and I'm going to have two glasses of wine a day, or I'm going to have five glasses of wine over this week or whatever it is, like choose and set really strict boundaries. So as I've been thinking about this and saying, okay, well, this is quite a, a useful place to start is to set these very specific guidelines. And on the one hand, that, that's a really great solution. On the other hand, it's like, well, why am I putting all these limitations on myself and restrictions? And then if I place these restrictions and it just becomes something that I want even more potentially. So that was the first kind of thought of questioning that I went down. And then someone on Instagram messaged me and recommended this Naked Mind podcast, which is a woman who has been through an alcohol journey. She never really had like the problem where she felt that she needed to go to Alcoholics Anonymous, but she kind of hit rock bottom where it was taking over her life a little bit. And this is not my experience of alcohol. Like I don't feel it's taking over my life. I don't feel like I am dependent on it. I don't use it to numb. I don't, I don't have those behaviors around it. So maybe it's a little bit more of a high level problem that I'm feeling of this want to drink, but also don't want to drink. She had this, has this really interesting podcast about moderation and her thoughts on moderation is that actually it takes a lot more mental energy to be in a state of moderation because it's constantly about making decisions. And this is something that I, if I reflect back on this previous holiday, it's completely true because before going on holiday, I was uh, taught my second Move, Breathe, Create retreat in South Africa. And up until that, about a month and a half before that, I wasn't drinking at all. Like I had zero alcohol at all, just because I was really not feeling it, had no desire to drink it whatsoever. Went to Florence and the Machine concerts, completely sober, like went to dinner dates with Warren, completely sober when he was drinking, like 
completely sober and went on that retreat, led the retreat. It was really, really beautiful and felt this incredible unbelievable elevated high my heart just was felt so open I was just like wow this is just so elevated I feel so amazing like this is the work I'm supposed to be doing complete high completely sober then that week with my family decided okay well I'll have a glass of wine with them and kind of be going back I'd say to the old self because that's the way that I connect with my parents so having these drinks with them and then that week, a few drinks, education during the week. And then that weekend, I went to a wedding with a university friend of mine. And this university friend of mine had some Rhodes friends from my university days that were at the wedding. And again, that is part of my old Rhodes identity, which is very much the drinking self. And I just decided, oh, well, since I've already had a few glasses of wine during the week, I'm just going to drink at this wedding and just let myself have a good time. So I really did drink at this wedding. <laughs> And I woke up on Sunday feeling like absolute shit. I had two of my friends who basically bundled me up into the car, packed my bags, loaded everything into their car, got me to the airport on time, plied me with chewing gum and knickknacks and Coca-Cola, like absolute health, and put me on the right flight back to London. Like it was, it was so horrific. And I had this moment of being at the East London airport like kneeling over a toilet, feeling like absolute shit and just thinking into my mind, like, I don't want to be this person and I don't want to live this life. And that was these two completely contrasting experiences of like being completely sober and having my heart like so expanded and feeling so elevated from doing this work of hosting these retreats and leading it. And then at the same time, completely juxtaposed with that was like this feeling of, oh my gosh, like I feel absolutely awful. This just feels so wrong in my body. And at the same time, that enjoyment and that fun and that socialization at the wedding the night before, I don't regret. So it's like this, it's this duality of like, oh, but there's a little part of me that loves this, but then I don't like the after effect, but it's just part of the parcel. So that was my experience of like these two extremes. And then um, we went on holiday. To, I flew straight back to London and then flew straight to Croatia to meet Warren with um, his family. So when I arrived in Croatia, I was at this point of, you know what, I, I really feel like I don't need this. But then also I'm in an environment where there's social drinking and that's beautiful sunshine. And it's a very associative thing to be outside and to have a glass of wine or a drink. And I noticed my thought patterning very much going into this decision-making mode. Like, do I want this? Do I feel I need this right now? How many glasses of wine am I going to have? What? And it sat so much mental energy from me constantly being in this decision-making process. Whereas if I just, number one, on the one hand decided, oh, I'm just going to let myself drink and who cares and whatever happens, happens. Or on the other hand say, actually, you know what? I'm not drinking at all. But then the decision-making process is completely removed and it would just free, it would have freed up so much mental energy, but I'm still in that phase of, oh, I want to, and I don't want to. So <laughs> I don't know how that's, that's where I am at, the, at this point um, in time. But I suppose a realization or a revelation that I've had is when we have something like alcohol or something that we are using to not necessarily numb a feeling, but not to feel the feeling. And I think the difference between that is that if I'm feeling stressed or angry or anxious to take alcohol or to take 
TV or social media or sugar or shopping or sex or whatever it is, to take that to not feel that emotion, that's for me when you're using that substance or that thing to numb what you're feeling. On the other hand, when you don't have that thing, you don't have any way to hide the emotion that you are feeling. So we went out for supper last, or maybe two nights ago back in London with Warren's family. And I had already decided like when I get back from Croatia, like I'm not drinking anymore for this, just for this time period. I don't know how long it's going to last, but just that was a choice that I made. So we went out for dinner and everybody had a few drinks and I decided not to and completely fine, had a wonderful evening. Then I got home from that dinner and Warren had, I was packing up something and something dropped, I was picking up something from this, this box and it dropped out and Warren kind of turned to me and said, no, don't do that. And I immediately got frustrated and irritated with the way that he had said it. Completely nothing to do with him, completely my stuff, my emotion that was now simmering because I didn't have this thing that was dampening it down in any way. And that's important to be able for me to recognize, wow, this is irritation. This is frustration that I'm feeling now. And I have to own that as the human part of me has to own that. Like, wow, I, it's my irritation, my frustration that's coming up. And I haven't had this alcohol to mask it in any way. And it was just like an interesting thing. And, and to be able to recognize that and, you know, for me to say to one, actually, you know what, it's, it's my frustration, my irritation. And I'm sorry that I kind of retracted and withdrew myself after that because there's nothing to hide this emotion that's coming up. So I think that's a really useful practice of like, oh, this is something that needs to move through me in some way. It needs to be released. And when you have these things that are just, you're putting on top of the emotion, you don't get an opportunity for it to come out. And then it stays in your body. And then that's when it metastasizes into all these other things, you know, illness or feeling low or feeling depressed or shutting off or closing down because you haven't recognized that emotion coming up. So that's been a really useful practice is just noticing, okay, what is bringing, what is coming up now in me? Oh, here is irritation. Here's frustration. Here is sadness. Here's grief. Here's pain. Here's anxiety, whatever it is. So yeah, really interesting little, little tool. Each week we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring, and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or kombucha and color will send you a wonderful restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over 100 pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28-day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. 
Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed, tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or kombucha and color, kombucha underscore and underscore color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. Something that came up on the moderation point on this Naked Mind podcast is if you are thinking about cutting down or reducing your alcohol intake would be every single time you're in an environmental situation, is it possible for you to give yourself 45 minutes to settle into the environment before you decide whether you're going to take a drink or not? So if you give yourself that 45 minutes to settle in then you are not using the environment as a stimulus or trigger to have a drink, but you are allowing yourself to be in that social situation. And then you take more of a, an active decision whether you do or don't want to drink. So I think that's also another useful tool. Yeah, gosh. There's, there's so much rattle on you, but yeah. <laughs> I was just taking lots of notes because it, it was very interesting listening to your reflections through my coaching lens, which is all just about behavior change. And so I just thought I would throw in my two cents worth. But first of all, to say with um, The Naked Mind, the podcast is by Annie Grace, and she has a book, which is The Naked Mind. And I met her when I went to a ClickFunnels event in Boise, Idaho. Um, it actually connected really well with her. She's a lovely person. And we we were supposed to interview her for the podcast in 2017. And at that stage, I think she had a death in the family and we had to sideline things. And I actually reached out to her earlier this year to interview her on this topic. Amazing! Um, and she's super busy at the moment, but we, you've actually reminded me we were going to reconnect in October. So we may actually get her on the show at some point. So watch That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. So it's really cool that you've already kind of pre-framed it now. But, you know, I would say from my perspective is that I'm different to you in that I don't really find that I have this need to drink to fit in and but to the same point I'd also say like I've come from a very similar background in terms of being a road student <laughs> which has a massive drinking culture and gosh I have consumed a large amount of alcohol in my time especially when I was at Rhodes um, but it's never necessarily been like a conscious thing that I felt I've consciously had to work on to step away from it's just been something that has happened as an evolution of my own growth as I think it has for you as well. And the big thing for me is when I'm thinking about whether or not I want to drink or not, I settle into myself and the decision comes from that place. So it's been really interesting what you said about the, you know, settling in first, because I think that's just something that I've naturally started to do. Maybe not giving myself like, okay, has it been 45 minutes yet? But I kind of just settle into my body and sometimes I drink, sometimes I have one glass, sometimes I have half a glass and I'm like, I don't want this and I give it away. So I don't necessarily have that dilemma going on. But when we look at this concept of numbing 
I definitely do not want to paint myself as this little angel because I think we can all numb in different ways. And maybe my challenge, yeah, maybe it's not with alcohol, but I think for me, it's definitely with work. I tend to just kind of bury myself in working very hard and doing lots and being busy. And that's potentially where I switch off and numb. But when we're looking at this idea of, of behavior change, you know, you said like the old self and then the, the, the higher self, the, the self that you're spending more time in these days. And we've always got this point in between the old and the higher self, which is the place of conscious competence. And that's where we're not unconsciously competent and that we don't just do things without thinking. Like you don't just not drink and not even think about it. You almost like in the stage of like thinking, like you were describing, like, you know, how many drinks am I going to have and have I had enough? And do I want it? And do I not want it? And that consciously competent stage takes up so much mental energy because we have to constantly be thinking about it to condition that way of being into the body. And I think that there, there is this need sometimes for repetition to very much use the mind to create repetition. So we embed those neural pathways, but then off the back of reading the power of now, I also think that there is this other concept, which is this idea of just surrender, like just surrender to your being. And if you, when you're thinking about it all the time, should I, shouldn't I, I mustn't, I must, am I fitting in? Am I not fitting in? It's that mind energy taking over the ego energy taking over. And then what you resist persists. So the idea of settling in for me is almost a little bit like the surrender piece, which is it's just like, if I just let go of everything I'm carrying at this point in time and just be in my body, then what is the decision I make from here? And I think for me, that's what I do tend to do. And most of the time, then the decision is no, because I feel like it, alcohol takes me outside of being able to feel myself. And maybe there also are some issues there relating to control and certainty, but I like to be able to feel myself. <laughs> and there are very few circumstances in which I would really want to take myself away from that. Mm. That's so interesting because part of my journey is that I don't want to let go of drink at this point in time. Like I don't want to let go of drinking completely because for me, it comes back to a little bit of unrelatability. And so what I mean by that is that I met a, a yoga teacher a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago now, his body, his physique is just like nothing I've ever seen. And he says, no, he doesn't have any sugar. He doesn't touch sugar and he doesn't do this. And he's never touched alcohol. He doesn't believe in it. And he just doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. And he only eats this and this and this. And then he was like, yo, and I'm like really struggling to sell out my yoga classes. And I was like, I thought to myself, I was like, before he told me that he was struggling to sell out his yoga classes, he was like, I thought to myself, like, this guy is really unrelatable. Like, he's really unrelatable. Like, he's, he's created this, this unattainable ledge that he's put himself on. Like, it really. And, like, that was the human part of me going, like, I can't, I, I can't relate to you. I can relate to you from the divine part of me relating to the divine part of you. Like, I can completely feel that and relate to you completely in that essence. But also recognition, like, we are fucking human. We have to be on this earth. Like we have to manage ourselves in relation to other humans. And 
if I like, I think about this in terms of the relatability and the teachers and the people that I'm drawn to are the people who have these same struggles as me, who have this, like, it's not just this, oh, I'm just like sitting here and like, it's always just like this easy thing. And it's like, there's no decision that has to be made. And I, I completely agree. Like when I'm in that open hearted space is what you're talking about, like feeling yourself and just being in a state of being like, when I'm in that place, the answer is always no, but there's such situations and there's events and there's circumstances in life that bring you back into the human aspect of life. And that is where the mind comes in. That's where our decision-making comes in. And that's where this challenge or this, this struggle comes in. So I think it's about, for me, it's about being able to accept that there's both and perhaps knowing that in some life situations and some life events, it's really not even, it's not even a choice or a decision that I have to make. It's just, it's so easy that this is the answer. Whereas in some situations and some circumstances and some events, there's a little bit of that challenge that happens. There's a little bit of that. Do I want this? Do I need this? Do I need it is, is often no, but do I want it? Yes. There's a little part of me that does. So for me, that's, that's where this challenge is. And perhaps it is about just having a surrender to there being both. Like the, this is just for me, there's both sides of this coin. And yeah, it's, it's that recognition and just being this relatable. And yeah, like I was chatting to this about, chatting to this about a friend of mine, Kerry Bainborough. We've interviewed her about her moon journals. And she was also saying, you know, she's vegan. She's given up coffee. She's like, if I give up alcohol, like who am I? Just like, no, just like, and, and I think that's this danger. Then you end up in just like this floaty realm where it's actually hard to relate to people. Like it gets, it, for me, that's, that's my, where I'm standpointing on this at, the, at this point in time, it may change. I don't know, but yeah, it's just like an interesting conversation with this, this concept of the divine and the human and, and balancing these two aspects of our being. Yeah, I think maybe for now it's just surrendering to that it can be both and <laughs> surrender to the hangover when you're in. <laughs> yeah, that's the shitty part. That's the part that I don't want. <laughs> and that's the part that is the most, that's the hardest work to surrender to that. Because when we're in pain like that, that's when we find it the hardest to surrender. Yeah. Do you enjoy drinking? Um, you know what? It has been such a long time since I was, I've been drunk. I, I cannot even remember the last time I felt drunk. It's, it's at least been a year. I don't, I don't even know more than that probably. So I've, I think I've just forgotten and it's never been a conscious decision. So especially the past six months of this year with not being well and really looking after myself in terms of my diet and what I'm putting in my body, I'm totally unrelatable probably now, but drinking, it it hasn't been an option for me because if I think of those pain and pleasure motivators, the pain experienced from drinking has not been worth the pleasure I may experience in that moment. And that's just been the, the cost versus like, it's almost like a mini cost versus benefit equation that I would do in my head and then move forward from that point. And so for that reason, I just haven't drunk we went to a wedding in July and, you know, I had some wine at the wedding, but it was, you know, maybe like a glass of wine or a glass and a half of wine spread over the whole evening. So just like little sips to taste all the different wines because it's quite a nice thing to do. So that's kind of been the extent of my, my drinking so far. 
and we went to Creamfields to go see the Swedish House Mafia over the bank holiday weekend. And Ben got a glass of wine and I said, oh, I have one too. And then I started drinking it and I just gave the rest to him. I was like, no, I don't really feel like I need this. And we had a great time. And I remember just dancing and listening to the music and closing my eyes and just like completely connecting to my body in that moment and just thinking like how amazing it was. So at this point in time, I, I haven't encountered any circumstances where I've really felt that I've, I've needed it. You know, that may change in the future and, and my, re, my response may change in the future, but that's kind of just where I'm at right now. Yeah. Because the other thing is that from my experience is that alcohol does, it makes me sad. Like there's, there's a little part of me that like gets sad after drinking the, those days post drinking alcohol. It's not like full blown depression, but it's like, there's just a general state of low vibeness. And if you're a regular drinker, then you don't have the ability to discern that that's actually low vibe state. That just becomes your new normal. Um, and actually on this Naked Mind podcast, she's got this reason for why we feel so low is that there's this dying often and maybe you can speak a little bit more about that but alcohol creates the synthetic high in the body and the body is always trying to create a, a level of homeostasis so bring it back down to balance so when you introduce the synthetic high into the body the body goes into this high then the body starts to produce something called dynorphin which then lowers that high but what it's doing is that it's it's bringing you down so when you have this constant drinking the body's constantly producing this dynorphin which brings you down and that's literally bringing you down because the body's trying to maintain this, this balance. So, and then your body has loses the ability to create that high on its own. So it's like this, it's this really like dark cycle that you can get yourself into without even realizing it or without even knowing it. So that's something that I've, South Africa, they call it drunk for drink. <laughs> drunk for drink. Excuse my Afrikaans accent because it's terrible, but some of the South Africans will be laughing right now. But yeah, I haven't heard that. Yeah, oh, I haven't heard that. Okay, it's a new one for me. But yeah, um, yeah, it's that it's that bummed out, just like generally low vibe, um, feeling a bit crappy. Like yeah, so that's and that's the thing I suppose is you have to take ownership of that. Like if you make this choice, that this is the outcome. Like know that in advance, so that you can have that opportunity cost moment for yourself. Like, do I want this or do I not? And yeah. Um, I remember from doing my course in psychoneuroimmunology, they talk a little bit about what you described, which the, the artificial high, and then you get the low as a consequence. So what they said is that like, if you do something that makes you feel good, usually the trade-off is that you feel bad. So like you drink alcohol and, and you feel sad the next day, or you have a lot of sugar and then you sugar crash. So if you want to feel good, you have to do something that makes you feel bad. So then it's like that, you know, if you exercise and it's like painful and it's hard work, but then afterwards you have that like runners high or exercise high. Or um, I talked a little bit previously about me doing the cold water therapy and you do the, you get into the cold water and it's just horrible. But then afterwards you're like, Oh my gosh, I feel so amazing. So if you want to feel good, you've got to do the bad stuff. <laughs> so, oh, Oh, I love that. That's you know the flip side. So maybe if you have a hangover, you can go and get in the freezing cold ocean. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yes. <laughs> but, but that's also that, that, relate, that uh, um, thing of doing something bad to feel good. That also, I think, relates to this concept of being in your uncomfortable near your edge because mm-hmm. that doesn't feel good. But when you can be at the edge, and that's something that comes up in the untethered soul as well. It's like pushing out that boundary and being right at the edge always so that you can push through it. So, because on the other side of that, there's, there's expansion, there's light, there's feeling good, there's feeling elevated. But you've got to go to that uncomfortable place place the bad place to get there yeah exactly because so go jump in the ocean and I think Tony <laughs> Robbins said that I think you shared a podcast with me where um, Jenna Kutcher interviewed Tony Robbins and he he says like he has this freezing cold plunge pool at probably all of his various houses across the globe but um, every single morning the first thing he does is he jumps into this freezing cold plunge pool so that he knows every day he does something that makes him uncomfortable and takes him to that edge I bet you Tony Robbins does not drink alcohol. Well, maybe one day we'll get him on the show. (laughs) (laughs) That is leveling up. (laughs) So any other maybe chemical stuff that you want to add about alcohol or any other reflections or things? No, I don't think anything about alcohol specifically, but I guess because you kind of touched on the, the sort of like my decision not to drink as part of this healing adventure that I've been on. Obviously we've done a few podcasts on the show and I've talked a little bit about the journey that I've been on and what I have actually been doing while you've been traveling the globe, doing all sorts of amazing things is really just celebrating myself. So I've had some really amazing milestones in terms of the progress I've been making with my personal health in terms of just little things like I spoke about going to the wedding and you know, from like two until 11 o'clock or whatever it was and having a little bit to drink and dancing and doing all of these things, which are very normal things, but things that I haven't actually been able to do without it completely wiping me out for the next day or not feeling well. And, you know, going to like a music festival and, you know, I've been doing the conscious competence, I guess, like conditioning my diet, conditioning my self-care practices, doing all the things I've needed to do to look after myself and now I'm starting to really see the fruits of everything that I've been doing and it's it's been really interesting just to observe like how much like when you're not well how small your life can become and then you almost become fearful of expanding it again because you're like well if I do this will I feel bad or will I feel ill and it's been so amazing because it's actually been quite scary to sometimes push myself to the, to the edge, to that uncomfortable place, to, to go to the music festival for like the, the weeks leading up to it, like, should I go? Should I, shouldn't I go? Should I go? Shouldn't I go? And then to go and to be able to have the resilience to sustain it. It's just really reminded me about how important it is, like just to have fun and to live your life and be human. Um, be human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and not create a cage for yourself because you're clutching towards certainty. But also on the flip side of that, now that I'm feeling almost well again, I'm, I'm, you know, there's still a, a road ahead, but the difference between now and maybe in April time when I was at my lowest point is really phenomenal. And also just to kind of say again to like anybody who's listening to this podcast who feels that they are ill and there's no alternative for them and that they're stuck feeling this way, that's not true. That there is so much you can do to help yourself and 
yeah, this journey that I've had and it's an ongoing journey, probably lifelong has really helped to reinforce that to me that there's, there's so much we can do to help ourselves. And, and yeah, I just wanted to celebrate all of that. Oh, that's beautiful. So what other things have you been doing to celebrate? Well, just maybe telling myself how awesome I am. And That's good. <laughs> you're awesome. Going on holiday. I think it's, you know, very often we look at where, like, if I think about where I was, like weightlifting four or five times a week, doing like 60 minute workouts. And now I've managed to build myself up to, you know, like a 20 minute workout, which is just like three different exercises and it's all body weight. You know, I could say, oh, that's all I could do. And I used to be able to do this and feel really sad about it, but just be like really appreciating appreciating myself for where I am and not having that comparison of where I think I should be. And so I think it's just that continuous acknowledgement and affirmation of self because, because that's how we build our worth. It's not by trying to get somewhere to feel good enough, but to really acknowledge what is already present. Mm, totally true. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you for chatting to us. Anything else you want to add or share? No, just I'm off on holiday. So yay me. (laughs) (laughs) You have a wonderful time and come back refreshed and rejuvenated and ready to call up Tony Robbins for our podcast. (laughs) Put that in the pipeline. But thank you everyone for listening to us. Um, If you've loved the show, please feel free to pass it on to anyone else that you might think might like listening to it. And also please leave a rating and review for us on iTunes as it helps to get our message out to other women. So thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week. Share with all your alcohol drinking friends. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide, Nine Steps to Love, Nourish, and Connect with Your Body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen, steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S.
I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community.